Hello and welcome to episode 15 of series 4 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. I'm just going to keep this introduction very brief. I'm just going to tell you what we've got coming up in our next couple of episodes. So on the 1st of August, we have an interview with Paul Tawal. Paul is from Team Andair, and Paul is going to be telling us all about the importance of investing in our employee engagement processes within our businesses. He's got some very interesting statistics and some very interesting experience that we he's going to share with us on that episode. And then following that, on the 15th of August, I have an interview with Jen O'Ryan and Jen is from Double Tall Consulting and Jen's business is all very much around how we build in inclusivity, inclusivity, diversity and representation into our communications which may sound like something that you're doing at the moment. I'm sure many organisations at the moment are working on DE&I initiatives but Jen's got some really interesting experience and very subtle differences that we can make in our communications that make sure that they are inclusive, diverse and fully representative of the people who work in our organisations. So that's what we've got coming up in future episodes. That's all I'm going to talk about before we get into today's interview and uh, hope you enjoy it and find it a useful conversation. One of the reasons we formed the Big Picture People 20 odd years ago is we, because we were deeply frustrated in the organisations we work in at the time about the lack of connection between the people working at the front line of the organisation and the people working in the senior management teams in the in the higher echelons of the organisation in the C-suite, I guess we would call it now, although we, we didn't call it it back then. And the problem was, was in an organization like the one I was working with at the time, that that was a a, a deep frustration where we had 4,000 people working in in teams scattered across the, the globe, trying to deliver sort of targets and objectives when there really wasn't a coherent message coming from the top. So one of the things that we wanted to develop when we while we were internal to that organization was a way of aligning people to what the organization was all about. So helping people to understand what our big goals were. We we ended up calling them blue chips. These were the sort of things that as an organization we, we couldn't fail on the strategic goals throughout the year. And we developed our visual approach, the big picture people approach to, to communicate that so that we could align those 4,000 people across the organization to that strategic view. So my guest today, when we, we met, we, we were talking about this phenomena and he, he has a, a very similar philosophy and his approach is, is similar to ours, but in a different way. He, he's focused on on helping organizations to build this hierarchy of, of, of needs all the way up from, from starting from what their goals and their mission and their vision is through to the organizational capabilities they needed to be able to deliver that and then how they're going to implement it. And all of that is centered around this concept of what is their most important goal and he works with organizations to help them to to work on that at a strategic level but then also delivers kaizen and continuous improvement events to help them to be able to deliver that at the front line and most importantly get their frontline employees involved in actually delivering the how and how and helping them to understand how they can deliver that so uh, 
um, that's what we're going to be looking at in this this interview, today's interview. We've got a conversation where we're going to be looking at what is it that organisations struggle with when it comes to aligning their, their organisational strategy and, and activities within the organisation. And we're also going to be looking at what, what this, this idea of the most important goal and how we can really drill into that and give organisations a real clarity of purpose around that, which means that everybody is pointing in the same direction and striving towards the same end. So that's what today's interview is all about. It's all about how we communicate strategic intent within our organisation and make sure we've got that alignment. My guest today is Jim Gitney. Jim is the founder and CEO of Group 50 Consulting and a member of the board of Advisors for Thin Air. Jim is a strategy, operations and supply chain subject matter expert. He has been an executive chairman, a board member, a CEO, a COO, and has had a number of assignments in other business development areas, marketing, sales, and operations. He has hands-on experience of working in over a dozen different industries and functional organizations. So good day to you, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Greetings from Southern California, Craig. Uh, thank you. I was going to ask you where you where you are, but you've 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 told us Southern California, so I'm sure that the uh, our our certainly our guests in the Northern Hemisphere and in Northern Europe at the moment are kind of envious of that. Whereabouts in Southern California are you, Jim? So I'm about 50 miles south of Los Angeles International Airport in a town called Huntington Beach. Lovely. So we live next to the beach, and normally I have my window open, but with seagulls in the background, <laughs> I decided we probably wouldn't uh, rub rub that issue in too much. <laughs> so that's on the Pacific Beach, yeah. You're on the right on the Pacific there, yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fantastic. So I, I've given a brief introduction there to you, to you Jim, I, I guess in your own words, do you know, do you want to, what, what do you want to elaborate on? Tell us a little bit more about, about that career that you've got and also maybe how it's led to, to what you're doing now. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity, Craig. My career is 45 years old <laughs> and I spent the first 25 years of my career in corporate America with companies like GE, Black & Decker, Sunbeam, and Rainbird. And in 2004, I decided that I wanted to start sharing the knowledge that I had gained with other companies mm. and formed Group 50 Consulting. Over the last 20 years, we've worked with over 200 companies. And during my career, I've noticed that the reason that companies don't realize the value of their intended strategies is because of a lack of alignment and accountability throughout the organization. And of course, you talk to that a lot. I've seen a bunch of your webinars and mm. podcasts and talk to that subject in depth. Mm. So in 2013, I created something called the Business Hierarchy of Needs. And it's structured to be able to allow a senior leadership team to look at the needs of their business based on one most important goal and the supporting strategies for that one most important goal. Mm. And there's 29 elements in the business hierarchy of needs. And I, I, I laugh a little bit about that because in today's uh, Twitter-focused society where we want to have everything in 240 bits, uh, <laughs> the reality is that businesses do all of these 29 things. Mm. Things like 
compensation, hiring practices, understanding their value proposition, mission, vision, values, all the types of things that there's been many books written on. And so what we wanted to do was take the business hierarchy of needs and create a process that allows an organization to think about how to point all 29 things Mm. toward one most important goal. Mm. And we do that along with our strategic planning structure called where to play and how to win. Now, think about it for a second. I I think in one of your webinars, you said that, what was it, 20% of the organization understands what the company's trying to do, which Mm. means that 80% don't. Yeah, yeah. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to create something that people throughout an organization easily understand. The concept of one most important goal, whether it's to double profits or to double enterprise value, which is different, Mm. or to triple market share or to whatever that most important goal is in one statement, it's easy to communicate to people throughout the organization. Yeah, Where to play and how to win is something we learn about the very first time we we step on a soccer pitch or we walk into a baseball game or we uh, compete in any kind of sport because we go through the process of understanding where we're going to play and what the rules of the game are and we figure out strategies on how to win and perhaps it's dr- uh, practice drills perhaps it's uh, special classes on Uh, something that we don't do specifically well. But what we're doing when we figure out how to win in any situation is fine-tuning our skills to be able to make us as effective as possible. Mm. So what we've done is we've created an approach that allows us to to communicate those three tenets to everyone throughout the organization. Okay. Okay, so yeah, let, let, let's let we'll, we'll we'll go we'll come back to those uh, and 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 go through those three tenets in a moment and also explore this idea of, of most important goal. I, I I you kind of alluded to some data that I've used in 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 my webinars which is, you know, the sort of 20% of only 20% of people understand the strategy and 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 and, it, and a lot of that data comes from, you know, the kind of um pretty old research and and, I, and I've not found any any sort of significant shifts in that and that was from the Kaplan and Norton balance scorecard which is going back probably going back to the 90s now um but 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 in, in terms of and, and I think it sort of aligns with 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 some of the data that I know you you you've talked about or, or you, you when we spoke you, we discussed this as well is that um is I mean is that something you find is that you know when you go into an organization there tends to be this you know that it's not through a lack of a well a well thought out strategy but it's just that when you go and talk to people around the organization there's there's it's kind of garbled or or, or in, in indistinct in terms of their understanding in terms of when you ask them to play it back to you and say well what is it we're trying to do and why is that important and and what are our kind of you know must win battles or must win goals and those sorts of things is that is that something you you tend to find i guess you do because because <laughs> that's how you make a living but uh, is that is that a kind of a, a phenomenon that you're familiar with jim Yes, yes, it is, Craig. And 
what's amazing is that many senior leadership teams, mm. now, now I've done consulting in 11 different countries and have done work in over 30 countries and don't find the statistics significantly different from mm. country to country or culture to culture. Mm. <clears throat> what I find is that senior leadership teams uh, spend a lot of time creating wonderful strategies and perhaps they're huddled together for weeks on end and they're now challenged with how to communicate that to the rest of the organization people mm. who aren't involved or engaged in helping to create that strategy and so what happens then is leadership now has a quandary mm. and that quandary is what what can I reasonably communicate to people throughout the organization? And am I giving up trade secrets? And am I, you know, w will they understand what we're talking <laughs> about? And and what what we find is that when we break it down into very simplistic components, again, most important goal, where to play, which is going to be the markets that we're going to serve and how to win, which are the things that we're going to do. We can communicate that through the organization. When we do a strategic planning project with a client, before we even have the strategic plan done, we ask them to define their most important goal. Mm. And then we immediately ask them to communicate that to people throughout the organization and ask them to question everything they're doing around how that supports the most important goal. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly find out that we have a lot of creative and talented resources in the organization who now have a bit of focus, mm. who now have a litmus test for what they're doing. And we begin to see immediate results because now I can walk through the organization and say, what's the most important goal of the company? And they can talk about it. Yeah. So we immediately address that 10 or 20% who, who know what's going on, but we also immediately address the 90% who don't. Yeah, yeah. The 80 or 90% who don't. So that's step one. And that satisfies the, tell me a couple steps in which I can start doing this. Yeah, yeah. The, the, next, thing we, the next thing we do is begin the strategic planning process but we encourage our clients not to keep it in the C-suite, mm. not just to have the people who report to the CEO uh, do it, but to bring middle-level leaders in as well. Mm. Because if they're part of creating the strategy, the how, they're going to be much more, they're going to understand it much better and why we're doing it but they're also going to be able to more easily communicate it to other levels in the organization. Mm, mm, mm. And, and interestingly enough, I've talked to a lot of strategic planning professionals and, and the, their initial response is, well, you're asking me to change my strategic planning process. And the answer is no, we're not. What we're talking about is giving you some ideas and some thoughts on how to better implement your strategic plan. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Gallup, the Gallup group put together a chart for my book, Strategy Realize the Business Hierarchy of Needs. And in their studies, fully engaged organizations have a pot of gold they can go after. And some of the numbers are pretty telling. 23% increase in profitability. 
Wow. 18% increase in productivity, 66% increase in well-being. And I think we'll all agree that well-being is an incredibly important part of today's workforce, remote workforce, uh, a post-pandemic workforce. And then the last one that I think is pretty telling is an 81% reduction in absenteeism. Wow. Oh, that's the pot of gold that's available to, to organizations that figure out how to better engage the people throughout their org- the, throughout the company. Yeah, yeah. And I was, you've answered a question I was going to ask you, which is, why well, you know, I guess it's for us who work in this area, and for many people, I guess, probably listening, it, it's an obvious why we should care about this. But but I guess for some people, it's like, well, does it really matter if, if our people don't understand, you know, what it is we're trying to do as an organization? You've just answered that question with with, with some of those um, some of those metrics. And, and I guess intuitively, it, 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 you know, it's kind of like, how can we potentially, how can, you know, if you, like, I know you've used sort of sporting analogies um already but you know how can we possibly you know if you would think of it as a sports team go on the go on the field and 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 win whatever sport it is with if we don't know how how we're meant to be playing and and what the goal is and which way we're facing uh, it's very very difficult and and i think a lot of organizations it, it can be as stark as that really in terms of that lack of clarity um You've talked about this business hierarchy. Uh, you call it the business hierarchy of needs. I'm being really careful not to sort of talk because because obviously we're all probably familiar with another hierarchy of needs. Do you want to just just elaborate on that a little bit? And I know it's kind of difficult in in an audio context to sort of uh, talk through a, a, a hierarchy or or a potentially something that would be more visual. Do you want to just just talk us through that, Jim? And you may have already covered some of those points in that hierarchy of needs already. Uh, I'd love to, Craig. So what I think you're talking about is the 1943 seminal paper by Abraham Maslow, yeah. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So Maslow talks about the, the needs of individuals. Mm. And you have psychological needs, but you have also a need to feel love and belonging. Mm. And, and some other needs that are very personal. And you need to go through the, you need to go through those levels in order to realize self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Now, take that concept and apply it to people inside a business. Mm. So not only do, as a business leader, do I have to satisfy their personal needs, but I also need to satisfy their per- professional needs. Yeah. You can take that and you can apply it to teams of people as well. Because I view a team of people the equivalent the equivalent to an individual. They're, you know, one mind, one focus, one body that have been given a, that are challenged with delivering something, whether it's a business process or it's a new product or mm-hmm. it's a piece of automation. And then you can take that same concept and apply it to the business itself. And so the reason we created the business hierarchy of needs, which has three levels, level one is building a strong foundation with your mission, vision, values, leadership traits, strategic objectives. The most important goal, which going back to your sporting analogy, is the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine a rugby game where no one's keeping score. Mm, mm. And so we find ourselves in a situation where we can take the basic concepts of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, 
and apply it to a business mm. and the teams that are inside the business and the people who are inside those teams. And what we've done is put together that format and that process to address the unique needs of each business. Yeah. So you mentioned the first level there, which is the, the vision, the values, the mission. What, what, how, you said it's three levels. What are the, ne- the next two levels up, Jim? So level one is about strategy analysis and planning. That builds the strong foundation. And it's primarily owned by the C-suite. But as I said before, it has heavily heavy involvement from mid-level leaders. Mm. Level two is about knowledge and change management. It's mm. about if I want to double the size of the company, what do I need to do inside the organization in order to be able to prepare people and teams to be able to realize our most important goal? Mm. And I call that the bridge between strategy and results. Right. Yeah. Okay. Level three is about implementation. Mm. And that's all about continuous improvement. And it's all about, but before I jump there, level two is primarily owned by mid-level leaders. Yeah. C-suite's still involved, but now we take that next step and get more of the rest of the organization involved. Then we go to level three, which is implementation. Okay. That's how do I, how, you know, how do I make decisions around how to leverage technology, how to redesign business processes, how do I use continuous improvement tools in order to make changes inside the operating environment to move to our most important goal. Mm. But every time I, in in any level, uh, and I come up with an idea for a solution, I always ask, how does this get us closer Mm. to our most important goal? Mm. I like to say, Craig, that the most important goal is the politically correct way to say no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because if it doesn't get us, if you can't demonstrate how something I want to do gets us to our most important goal, then it's never brought to the table. Mm. So there's three levels. Implementation is the equivalent of self-actualization. And it, again, fits that entire model. Yeah, I like I like that, and I like the way you know. For me, the way you've described it, anyway, as is, is it goes from probably, um, I guess a lot of organisations tend to focus. I'm I'm thinking out loud here, but I, I guess when we think about a lot of organisations, their preoccupation is usually on that on the top of that pyramid, which is not that that's the wrong thing to do. But without those kind of organizational capability foundations in the middle that you've talked about level two and then actually having a you know a well thought out strategy and a coherent you know kind of sense of direction and a north star often you get a lot of activity at the top and implementation but no one's really there's no real joined up uh, aspects of that implementation you've got silos doing their own thing and kind of implementing their what they think's important but it's not connected and I, and I see how how that hierarchy that you've just described there makes sure that there's that kind of line of sight between you know the kind of maybe what some people may see as the more abstract level at the bottom which is the kind of you know the the, the vision the mission the the kind of things 
that are in the future and and that we may have to you know kind of uh, evolve our 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 actions to in order to deliver but then moving towards the more concrete which we can tend to see and and feel which is that sort of action and activity that, that, that at the top of the organization which i think you know you you've alluded to is is um is kind of where the where the rubber hits the road so in that re- in respect the, the triangle is is kind of uh the top of the triangle is where the point is this sort of where where, where it meets contact i guess with reality um yeah it's a really a really clear sort of structure and i like that um in terms of the the, the most important goal that, that kind of runs alongside this that's the sort of I'm, I'm visualizing this as a triangle with a the arrow being the kind of most important goal which is sort of runs through the whole is the sort of the golden thread that runs through this is that is that correct correct jim yes yes, yes that yeah. is correct yeah yeah everything yeah. everything including the business strategies have to be focused toward helping achieve the most important goal hmm. yeah craig I, I have an mba and in stri- strategic planning and finance hmm. and we were taught that companies should have between three and five business strategies hmm. And to complicate the matter of alignment and accountability in the organization is when we do strategic planning work with our clients, we often find that the strategies aren't linked together. Mm. And they sometimes will conflict with each other. But we And we use a five why exercise when mm. we go into a company who already has a strategic plan. And we go, why are you doing this? Why, why do you want to do this strategy? And what often happens is when we point, ask those, the five whys, which is a continuous improvement tool, when we ask the five whys around the most important goal, strategies are modified. Mm. They may not be eliminated, and we might add, add, another one but at the end of the day what we find is that when the most important goal is the litmus test for everything we do then it has an impact on business strategies that have already been formulated Mm. once we've done that we then it's pretty easy to put together a set of projects and programs with the appropriate kpis and, the appro- and charter the appropriate teams with the appropriate measures throughout the organization in order to make sure, in order to allow everyone to understand their role in achieving the most important goal. Mm. So I often say that, as I said earlier, we, we communicate the most important goal immediately so people can start thinking about it. And then the rest of the process is around engaging them and understanding and agreeing to things that they can do to help the company achieve the most important goal. At the end of the day, Craig, we want to be led. We Mm. need to be led. And it doesn't matter whether you are in in the C-suite. You know, as the CEO, I wanted to be led as well, which is why I have a board of directors. Mm. And in other levels of the organization, we want to be led. We want to know the from what, to what, by when. And because that allows us to understand, uh, understand 
by understanding the most important goal and understanding the from what to what by when, it allows us to be understand how we are part of something bigger. Mm, mm. And that's important in today's workforce. The, the next piece is we want to be part of the how. Mm. Now, I've done over 200 Kaizen events during my career, either led or participated in over 200 Kaizen events, which for those of your listeners who might not know what that is, it's basically a one-week exercise where you get the people who own a business process together and give them permission to change that process mm. with yeah. a very, very aggressive set of targets. We've done over 200 of these and only two have ever failed. Mm. Now, as soon as I say that, the two that failed, the, the team that did it were so dismayed by that result that they begged for the opportunity to redo the project. Mm. And those ended up being the two best projects we ever had. Mm. So what I'm suggesting here is that when you engage people in being part of the how, they're now locked in because they gave they made the recommendations on on what to change and what to do differently. Mm. And so they now have ownership and accountability to their recommendations and you know, it's it, it's pretty amazing. I did a survey when I was running Black & Decker's Appliance Factory in North Carolina. I, I had 2,000 employees. And I did a survey, and over 200 of them had bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and built race cars and programmed computers, things that were far required far higher skill levels than what they needed on the shop floor. And when we asked them if they wanted to take some of those skills and apply them to our most important goal and be part of the how they jumped at the opportunity, mm. this leads to that statistic that you identified, that Gallup identified that 52% of people feel disengaged, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. making them part of the how gets accountability, alignment, and engagement. And it's a simple process. But all the th and, and all the things that I've talking I talked about takes the load off some of the load off the shoulders of the senior leadership team. Definitely, and it's easy to do, and the the results are amazing. Yeah, yeah. We work with a client, and and it was one of the the most. Um, and it was so simple how they did it is that the way that they their leaders led was very much around. You know, the kind of setting intent, you know, the cl clarity of intent. So, so really making sure that people understood, you know, and, and I guess that's another way of articulating, you know, the kind of most important goal. It was really clear on what our intentions are as an organization. And then, you know, and not just empowering as in, you know, kind of everybody, it's, a, it's kind of everybody talks about empowerment and, and, and you go into organizations that talk about empowerment and usually they're the most controlling, <laughs> but, but, but the, these guys really did, you know, they, they sort of, articulate their leaders articulated intent people were, were empowered to work out because they were the skilled people who knew how to deliver that intent they were the technicians they were the people who knew how to, to kind of execute uh the, the the what they did in order to deliver that intent and then they got people to come back to them and say tell me what our intent is play it back to me but also tell me how what you're doing and how you your your contribution is helping us to deliver that intent so i i know as a leader you've understood what that intent is but I understand that you are using your skills to the best of your ability. And if you, you know, if I'm happy with that, 
you've got my support. I will give you all the tools, the resources, the time as much as I can. And I'll be your kind of servant leader to help you deliver that. Um, rather than, you know, you kind of think, and it was so simple and you think how a lot of organizations lead, which is, you know, kind of, here's the strategy, here's how you're going to do it. I'm going to micromanage you. Um, and you, as you say, you know, that's what, where for me, a lot of this, you know, 50 odd, 60 odd, however many percentage, depending on which survey you look at of people are kind of just completely switched off, feel as though they're not able to bring any discretionary effort. They just feel hemmed in and boxed in and they're just a pair of hands. And, and, and I think it, but it's so simple if you, if you can create that clarity and that North star and you can just get your leaders to just their role is to make sure everybody understands it. And then that they understand how they can best contribute to it. And then my job is to, is to support them to be able to deliver that. And it's just, it's so elegant and yet so few organizations do it. It was, it was so nice to see it being done, not just, you know, lip service, but actually being delivered as well. And I think that kind of aligns with, with a lot of your, your kind of principles and approaches as well, Jim. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we have, as I said, worked with over 200 companies mm. We use the business hierarchy of needs for every project we do. And that includes redesigning business processes, building new factories, optimizing supply chains, because it applies anywhere in the organization. And often what we do is uh, when we do an assessment or a diagnostic, phase two of the project is what we call an implementation workshop. Right. And that's where we get heavy into the business hierarchy of needs and make sure that we've ticked the elements, all 29, we've addressed all 29 elements in the business hierarchy of needs. We do it with the senior leadership team and middle-level le middle leaders. And when we come out of the implementation workshop, that team is fully engaged and fully committed and has agreed to the set of projects that are going to be done in order to implement our recommendations, or at least the uh, the portion of our recommendations that they're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. And by engaging many people throughout the... Senior leaders don't understand how much talent they have inside their organization. And by engaging those skill sets and that talent, what you really need to do is give them the opportunity and stand back and watch how you can achieve amazing results. Yeah, yeah. So, Jim, uh, we, we're getting towards the end of our, our conversation. Are, are there any things that you you, you wanted to, to to highlight that, that we've we've maybe I've maybe not I've not I've not asked you the right questions or or that uh, we've just we've not covered it yet? Is there anything else of of significance? I think we've covered it off quite elegantly in terms of you know the kind of high level ideas that you've got um anything that 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 you want to say before we kind of just bring things to a conclusion because i'm going to ask you about your book as well because i know you've got you've got a book and uh i want to give you a chance to talk about that but before we do that any, anything else you want to say jim no i i i think i'll just leave it with create your most important goal and communicate it to your organization and you'll see immediate results yeah yeah, excellent. So, tell us about your book, Jim. I know uh, I'm not. When I, I should have looked, actually. When when was your book uh, released? Is it a, a recent publication, or have you, has it been out for a while? So it was released in February. Okay. 
I, I don't know how long how long to wait before I say it isn't a recent publication anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it was I, I wrote a book in 2015, and I still think it's recent in my head. And then I have to like look at the date and think actually it's coming up to nearly eight years ago. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't think I think it always feels recent because it, 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 so much effort goes into writing a book that you you kind of um, it always seems to be really close to you and in the, in, the, in, the, in your memory. But anyway, sorry, Jim. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely calling February 2023 recent. So yeah, yeah, you've, you've got that. So it's called Business uh, Strategy Realized, The Business Hierarchy of Needs. Mm. And it's available on Amazon. And it basically walks you through the logic behind what we've talked about today. And articles, or the equivalent of short blog articles, on each of the 29 elements. Okay. And how they fit. Now, what I've done, it, what I've done is I've added a whole series of workshops and workbooks that readers can download free of charge. And so, if any of your readers are interested in finding out, or your listeners are interested in finding out more about it, if they go to www.strategyrealized.com, you can see. Uh, uh, excerpts from the book. You can see the podcasts that we've done on it. But in the resources tab, you actually can download a workbook that will allow you to begin the process of creating your own unique business hierarchy of needs. Excellent. I've just, I've just, uh, I've just put that into uh, the, sh I'll put that into the show notes. I've just clicked on that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a, a page definitely well worth uh, visiting. There's some good, some good resources on there. And, uh, and, and obviously there's, there's the information about the book as well, which is, uh, which is excellent. So, uh, so yeah, so that will good luck with the book. I mean, obviously not good luck writing it because you've written it, but, but good, good luck with the, and it's a great, uh, you know, I know from, from my own experience, having kind of codified your ideas and, and taken the time to, put them into a book it's it's a really cathartic experience isn't it in terms of just kind of um explaining explaining your ideas in a book is, is it really kind of sharpens your kind of awareness of 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 uh of how challenging it is sometimes to explain them when you've not got the ability to to sort of be there yourself so yeah it's 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 a it's a great tool and uh and well done on that anyone who has the time and uh tenacity to write a book i have a huge amount of respect for having having been through it myself um, any other any other links you want me to put into the show notes, Jim? So I've got I've got your LinkedIn profile, um, uh, if that's okay, because that's always a good way for people to you know reach out to you directly. I'll put the strategyrealized.com um, URL in there as well, so people can find that. Any anything else that you you want to draw people's attention to, Jim? So the website for the consult my consulting firm is www.group50.com. Yeah. And it talks about in, inside that website, there's a lot of information. You know, <clears throat> I actually spend a lot of time writing. And in the blog, there's over 200 articles that I've written over the last, that we've written over the last 20 years about various topics in strategy, in supply chain, continuous improvement, uh, and something we call anti-strategy, mm. which is an interesting read because it's about what happens when senior leaders who are very talented and feel like they need to do something 
do things. And if there isn't a most important goal, an appropriate set of an appropriate amount of direction, they often do things that are counter to the future of the business. Mm, mm. We call that anti-strategy. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, Jim. Well, look, I've, 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 I've got that, uh, your group 50 URL as well. I'm going to put that into the show notes as well. So, uh, anyone listening who wants to, wants to find out more about what you've been talking about today can, can, uh, can go to that and obviously have a look at the book as well. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so, I just want to say thank you so much, Jim, for sharing your insights. It was a long, a very, very strong alignment, I think, between our work that you do, obviously your 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 work around the, the Kaizen and, and getting people together and really kind of getting into involved in that is really important. And and uh, and and I think you know, kind of thinking about what we do, which is the sort of that whole, uh, you know, helping leaders to be able to kind of articulate that that most important goal and that hierarchy. I think there's definitely a, a synergy there that um, you know maybe we explore offline and as, as a conversation because i think there's definitely some 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 uh some 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 mutually supportive uh work that we were doing there so it's always nice to speak to a kindred spirit on that sort of thing so um i'm going to sign off jim and wish you all the best and thank you so much for your your insights and and uh, and and sharing with, with us your ideas and, and and giving us this this sort of really clear concept that you've got and um i'm going to hopefully we'll maybe get you on the show again at some point in the future and talk, talk a little bit more about some of these these uh, 29 principles that you've mentioned a, a few times as well and we can go maybe go into some of those in a bit more depth well you're quite welcome craig thank you so much for having me on your podcast and uh, <clears throat> talking to you in the future about how we can leverage some of our synergies is the best offer I've had today. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, it's still early for you, so you may get a better one later on. Who knows? So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, Jim, I'm going to sign off the uh, the recording. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, and, and, and thank you on behalf of our listeners as well. Have a great weekend. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.